Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. to Fanbytes, you'll love to see it. A podcast styled after a delightful neighborhood video store where a pair of wildly charismatic co-hosts and guests rewatch old-ish movies and give it fresh takes. But like, in a fun way. Because we're not like every movie rewatch podcast. We're a cool movie rewatch podcast. Every month, we pick a theme. Every week we watch a movie and then we decide where it belongs in our video store. If it's important enough to enjoy some canapes and spirited wines along with the other VIPs in our highly exclusive staff pick shelf, if it's just good enough to enjoy the nice energy, tasty hot dogs and totally suitable visibility of our middle aisle, or if it kind of sucks and therefore shall be sentenced to death by chicken bone and sent straight into our fiery dumpster where it's always Monday and there's always a guy talking about how he's about to get very rich with NFTs. Working the counter today, we have yours truly, Fernanda, you don't have to think, Mike, it's hockey, Pratish, and my fellow rogue firefighter slash bomb specialist slash freestyle goalie slash enemy of helicopters, Danielle, I'll buy him a drink, Sam and his dog too, Rian do. Hi, Danielle. Hi. How are you? <laughs> I'm doing good. I feel like we've already covered a lot of today's movie in this Honestly. This brief, yeah, <laughs> this brief it's really good. It's really good. Uh, this month, as you may know, because we are talking about it all the time on every social media, that's how excited we are about it. <laughs> we are celebrating Jean-Claude Van January. That's January for short, with a celebration of films featuring the muscles from Brussels, one Jean-Claude Van Damme himself. We have a selection of Jean-Claude Van delights for you, a combination of his formative work, a couple of lesser-known treasures, a well-curated assortment of butt shots, and a wrap-up that we think you, our discerning and highly sophisticated listeners, will enjoy. So smile, do a half-wink, and prepare your full splits for January. And this week, we're putting on our jockstraps, brushing up on our bomb diffusing, and getting our improvised flamethrowers ready to tackle the evilest of, is that a word? I don't know. Evilist, if I, it's hard. Evilist <laughs> it of evildoers. <laughs> it is today. <laughs> Evilist of evildoers with 1995's hockey action movie, Sudden Death. 911 emergency services. I'm calling you from the Civic Arena. The vice president is being held hostage in the owner's box. And they've got my daughter too. What is your objective? One billion seven hundred million dollars. We're still evaluating the situation. They want money, a lot of it. Give it to them. Do not try any kind of rescue. Do you understand me? If you're not gonna pay, say so. I'll get my daughter. When the game ends, everyone in this box and in this arena will die by explosion, fire, and panic. Tonight, 17,000 hockey fans have been taken hostage. Enough bombs have been planted in this building to stop all the clocks in the hemisphere. But only one of them knows it. I'm gonna try to stop you. I know where the bombs are, so I know where you're going. Then come and get me. We are gonna do this by the numbers. What number was that? Now he has more to lose than anyone. I said no vehicles on the grounds, no helicopters in the air. What part of that did you not understand? Jean-Claude Van Damme. 
powers boost. Sudden death. For those of you who are making all the wrong choices in life and have so far wasted your movie-watching energy in movies that aren't nearly as cool as Sudden Death, here's the rundown. Jean-Claude Van Damme is Darren McCord, a traumatized firefighter who thought he was doing a nice thing when he took his moderately cute kids to a hockey game. Unbeknownst to McCord, however, a terrorist plot involving the Vice President of the United States and a lot of money was unfolding along with the game, and after his daughter is taken as hostage, he has no choice but to go around defusing bombs and creating weapons out of everyday objects in an attempt to save her and hopefully everyone else too. You know while he's at it. With a highly sophisticated apparatus and the case's lead investigator in his pocket, Mr. Lead Terrorist Man, masterfully played by Powers Booth, seems to have every piece in place to pull off the evil stunt of a lifetime. He didn't count, however, on the wits, resourcefulness, and relentless dead energy of one <laughs> Darren McCord, who will spare no henchman, helicopter, or penguin that crosses his path. I feel like that sums it all up. <laughs> it really does. <laughs> if this doesn't intrigue you, check your polls because you're dead right? on the inside. Okay? <laughs> I'm just saying. <laughs> so, we'll get you're into more all dead of that. than that giant foam penguin. <laughs> <laughs> just throw yourself into a giant dishwasher uh, because you need to. Okay. We'll, we'll get into all of that. It will all make sense. In a little bit, but before, <laughs> as we normally do, before we get into the spoiler bits uh, section of our show, we're going to do a little part that we like to call setting the scene, which is when we discuss our history with the cinematic uh, masterpiece at hand. And we'll start with you, Danielle. How, what is your, we've already discussed our relationships with uh, Jean-Claude Van Damme specifically yes. in the last show, which you should listen because it's about Bloodsport, and I feel like there's no better introduction to the Van Damme-verse than Bloodsport. But yeah. about, let's discuss Sudden Death specifically. What is your relationship with the movie? I have a very brief relationship with Sudden Death, and it started when I was editing your piece <laughs> on oh, Jean-Claude okay. Van Damme's Leading Men as MMA Fighters, uh, which is where I, I learned of the existence of this beautiful hockey movie that's also kind of diehard, but way better, actually. Uh, <laughs> way more fun. I'm just going to say way more fun uh, than Die Hard, which is a good movie. It's a great Christmas classic. You know, let's let's not, you know, no, no shade to Die Hard. This is just <laughs> way more fun. Um, and also, like, just such a hockey movie at the same time as being a Die Hard with a lot of uh, kicks. So I learned about it uh, when editing your piece, and I saw a picture of Jean-Claude Van Damme fighting a penguin mascot, and I was like, well, <laughs> I'm going to need to see this someday. And here it is, the best excuse ever to watch a movie, of course, which is our movie podcast. Watched it, uh, you know, last week, late last week, and just, mm -hmm. I haven't been able to stop thinking about it, Fernanda. <laughs> I haven't been able to stop thinking about it. So many things about it. So it's, it's a brief relationship. But yeah. I would call it an intense. intense. Yeah, very intense. <laughs> I love it. It's like a summer loving kind of thing. Yeah. Like, it doesn't need like, to last long to leave a lesson impression. Uh, <laughs> truly. <laughs> yeah, my, my thing with sudden death, it's funny because it was on TV all the time when I was a kid. Like, Brazilian TV liked Van Damme. Yeah. <laughs> That's a thing. I love that. I can, look, <laughs> I can yeah. almost hear, like, the dubbing in my head uh, just talking <laughs> about it. So I, I had all these like vague recollections of a hockey thing involving Van Damme. Like that's, <laughs> and as a kid, like hockey is really not part of like Brazilian culture and uh, Van Damme wasn't part of my culture. So I didn't really pay attention. And then I watched it uh, recently actually to write that piece. And oh, wow. I watched it with uh, my my partner and he was like, this is actually a really good movie. Like he he's he he's a Van Damme fan, but like in a normal way. Like he has a better discerning ability than I do. <laughs> so I was like, oh, so it is not just me. Like this is spectacular, uh, and we will get into why I think it's spectacular soon. But yeah, that was my 
first time watching it in a very long time. And then I rewatched it, obviously, uh, yesterday for us to do the show. But I wanted us to, to do it because I feel like it's well within the Van Damme universe. But I also kind of feel like it stands out in some ways. And I just feel like it's an honest to God, like good action movie. Like that's it. Like straightforward. If it, even yeah. if it wasn't for De- Van Damme, I feel like it would sustain itself. But it gains so much from having him there. So like, we'll get into all of that. But that's kind of my story with it. And after rewatching it, I became like re obsessed with it. The penguin getting kicked by Van Damme holding a <laughs> pipe. He holds a lot of things in this movie. Spoiler alert: that man's grip yeah. strength, underrated aspect. Oh my god, it's truly like super, super human in this movie. His grip strength is like, no one can do this. No one can do this. This is incredible. Underrated aspect of his arsenal. We think kicks. We think amazing butt. Uh, But we don't often stop to think about his upper body and grip strength. That's the triumvirate, you know? (laughs) Kicks, great ass, grip strength. Honestly, you can go far with those three things, I think. As Paul, uh, our wonderful producer, just said, his arsenal. (laughs) Amazing. Amazing. (laughs) I'm so proud of us today. We're doing great. uh, What I was saying is that this image of Van Damme kicking the penguin is my Twitter header. Yes. Like you, Danielle, I was haunted uh, by this movie. (laughs) Yes. I've been thinking about it ever since. Uh, so such is the power of this specific uh, uh, flick. But we'll get into all of that now. Uh, a brief warning before we lead our children straight into a death trap and decide to single-handedly dismantle a highly sophisticated terrorist operation without much pause to consider the probabilities of several dire outcomes. Uh, This is where shit gets real, meaning this is the part where we discuss details of the film, including specific aspects of the plot and characters, otherwise known as spoilers. So beware, listeners who have yet to witness the beauty of watching a giant foam penguin choke to death in a dishwasher as we enter (laughs) our spoiler-filled stripping it down session. was i saw something that you mentioned here danielle and then uh i went into i was i i came across an oral history of the movie and yes i know i know i have an oral history problem okay we've we've established this listeners no this is great when i say please (laughs) i actually mean please i'm not being sarcastic i love your oral history problem because i learn so much every time so please genuinely i'm excited (laughs) there's one on the hockey news Com. Um, and one thing that will make sense to a lot of people is that the producer and writer of Sudden Death, uh, I'm quoting, were also the owners of the Penguins during the mid-90s. Uh, <laughs> Howard Baldwin produced the film based on a story written by his wife, Karen Elise Baldwin. And you mentioned that uh, you mentioned Die Hard, which I have shamefully only watched as a kid. So I can't oh, even. Wow. OK, uh, it's yeah. a big, big like hole in my action movie education i don't know what's what's keeping me from it i feel like it became you know when it becomes like pressure like i need to watch this yeah (laughs) no i know what you mean i absolutely know what you mean and then it becomes like a thing instead of just something you can enjoy that's real that's a real phenomenon yeah exactly uh but then there is here the the penguins, the writer, Karen Elise Baldwin, and the penguins owner. Uh, she said, I was an actress, and then I started writing and producing. We had the penguins, we had access to Civic Arena, and the building was unique in that the roof opened up, which obviously yeah. leads to the beautiful scene of just a helicopter falling right through it. I have questions about that scene. I don't know if you'll get us. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> she continues one day i said what if we do something like die hard in a hockey arena yep. i thought that would be a lot of fun because the building is so unique and at that point in time there were a lot of die hard type movies and you were right karen elise <laughs> about you that. couldn't have been more right 
Like the thing that you made was right. <laughs> exactly. Uh, I love the comparison that you do in your notes. So you said that Die Hard is Super Mario 64, a fantastic piece that creates a template and sudden death is Banjo-Kazooie, a work that yes. uses its earlier uh, brethren as a template and exceeds it in every way. Uh, yep. That was like very, a very, very good description. And I kind of wanted to ask, like, because I obviously have strong opinions on this, but why do you feel like this movie is so rich? Uh, yeah. What You know, you, you, you compare it to like a buffet and I agree yeah. with you. It just has yeah. so many elements. But where do you feel like this movie kind of uh, won you over in that sense? Yeah, absolutely. And thank you so much for mentioning my incredibly dorky comparison. But video game people it. will probably know what I'm talking about there. Uh, but it really, it feels right. I, and I just, like, it just feels right. Die Hard feels like the template. And this feels like, okay, what if we make something a lot like this, but we just fucking go hog <laughs> on so many, like, wild elements and just have so many extras and so much wild personality and just inject every scene with a little something extra. That's really what this is. This is a very extra movie. Yeah. <laughs> It's like the villain is not only incredibly evil and fun to look at, but like he just chews this. He is munching upon the scenery in every frame he's in. And he's so like deliciously evil. I don't yeah. know what direction Powers Booth got for this or he just <laughs> did this himself. But my right. he deserved, I don't know what, maybe an Oscar isn't the right thing because Oscars are never as fun as with this role yeah. in, in, entailed. But he's just like, slimy evil douchebag like a, a thousand percent slimy evil douchebag uh we yeah. have action <laughs> scenes and all of them are either hockey or firefighting themed yes right or i guess bomb defusal which like i'm gonna be honest with you there were times during this movie where i was kind of asking too many questions and i hang out with a lot of firefighters and that's probably why i was asking too many oh, questions. okay like a lot of my um a lot of my colleagues on my ambulance are are full-time with the fire department. So, like, they okay. know this kind of shit. And, like, don't worry, I will be asking questions. And perhaps we'll even have, like, a follow-up statement in our Discord or something <laughs> where I ask a little Do, bit about bomb defusal and the fire that's department. That's what I was going to ask. Did they, <laughs> I thought it was, like, special, like, a special skill to defuse bombs. Is right. it, like, built into the training? Is it, like, or, like, can you defuse basic bombs but not, like, very sophisticated ones? Like, is it I, a part? Part of yeah. like firefighter training? I really don't think most firefighters can defuse bombs. <laughs> but like, I do need to ask. I do need to ask. I'm going tonight. I will be on my ambulance tonight and I will be asking like a fire department person. Like, hey, but by the way, listen, no reason. Not like I just watched Sudden Death, the best movie about <laughs> Die Hard ever made. But like, you know, I just, just, just curious here. But sorry, like, I'm getting away. Hypothetically, if you were in an arena. <laughs> like, Hypothetically. That is <laughs> riddled with bombs. Uh, and you had to save your daughter and also like everyone else from this yeah. sociopathic villain. And you couldn't yeah. count on anyone else because people are like either corrupt or just very fucking stupid. Yeah. Uh, and that involved defusing bombs. Would, Would you, you be able it? to do that? Do you have the grip strength to do this? <laughs> What about and helicopters? Like, I think firefighters have to be able to carry 165 pounds. I forget exactly what it is, but it's somewhere in there. It's like, you okay. know, by yourself, like with assist, oh, okay. like 300 something, I think as well. But like by yourself, like 165, something like that. So it's kind of like, yeah, okay. Let's see, I see where we're going. But again, it's either a hockey themed fight with something like a mascot or, you know, a chicken bone or a fire device, like an improvised flamethrower. So every Amazing. fight has a different theme and setting. It's set like a video it. game, really. It, it truly is, like a great video game. Again, it's kind of like Banjo-Kazooie. It takes this incredible template that is, again, great and awesome and well worth going back to. Mm -hmm. It just adds that extra bit in every possible way, in every possible scene. And my God, the explosions. My God, the stunts. They're so oh, good. Oh, my God. And also, it's just fun that it's a hockey movie. I love hockey. I'm not like a hockey super fan by any means. I don't really follow it, but I love going to hockey games. When I was young, I used to go all the time. I had uh, like a lot of friends who played hockey. It's just, I'm from the Northeast, so it's just kind of part of what happens oh, okay. a lot of the time uh, in the Northeast. Like we just kind of like hockey in general. So it was fun to like 
have this goofy hockey humor too about like, oh, we're not Republicans or Democrats, we're Canadians. And like, oh, the guy with the, you know, tooth thing and like the goofy Amazing. coach. And the fact that there are multiple hockey players, like professional hockey players yeah. here in the movie, so much fun. Also the guy who puts the jockstrap on his head. Love it. <laughs> Just love the goofiness and the playfulness of this movie, as well as it being a really high body count. <laughs> it's ins- it's a lot of so people So many people die in this movie. In it's very wild. very inventive ways. <laughs> <It's> like- <laughs> and I, yeah. I, I totally agree with what you said. It's, it's, it's a lot. And I feel like a regular action movie would only really need like half of those things. Like, do right. we need Van Damme to like become an improv goalie and, and join the game and then like signal I love you to his child? Do we right. need the guy naked with the jock strap on his head? Do we need <laughs> the helicopter falling through the retractable roof? Do we need the giant foam penguin? going at it like with Van Damme in a kitchen and being strangled and put through a dishwasher simultaneously. We we could arguably use one of those elements in this movie and still be awesome. They jammed it all in there, yeah. but it works. Honestly. Somehow and it I, and works. I, have, I definitely, this is a point that we can talk about later. I do want to talk about the MMA implications of the penguin scene for sure. <laughs> Uh, at some point, but we don't have to do it now. I just I just truly need to know, like, your analysis of certain elements of what's going on there. Because they basically have gloves and headgear, like, kind of, but also reduced <laughs> visibility. So, like, you know, we've got elements kind of going on here. I actually gave Darren, like, a good score in my story yeah. analyzing uh, whether uh, Darren would be a good MMA fighter. Because I feel like psychologically, maybe not, because in the movie, he has a strong motivation. Like, right, he's, right. like, literally saving everyone, and he has a strong sense of justice. I don't know if, like, if he would go around doing all that for, like, just money. I don't know. Right. He seems right. like a, a, a nice dude. But um, he does seem, like, more competent and well-rounded in MMA than Frank Dukes, for instance. Yeah, Like, there are some real. level changes, like, some tackling. Um, the Penguin has all the foam, which <laughs> makes it hard. <laughs> Right. I guess. <laughs> like, it really is like okay it's like you're fighting somebody who has boxing headgear on basically yeah right with all that the foam was so, like, a lady so who knows it was it was a lady and which is like very it's like a cute not that this scene is cute it's not a cute scene by any means but it's, it's like not. a cute thing that like everybody's always like there's a dumb dude in there and it's like no it's a lady Okay, it takes a woman to go out there in a foam fucking penguin suit and be a badass mascot. Okay, at least in this movie's universe, right? It's just like kind of a funny thing. Which is like Um, the best universe, minus all the people dying (laughs) and stuff. Exactly. Uh, (laughs) But yeah, I do. I and I, I think I, I want to get into the villain while we're at it because you mentioned Paris Booth. He is the movie, like. And we talked about this in Bloodsport, and I talk about this whenever Van Damme is in, and we talked about it with Lionheart. There is a tendency to have just this very cartoonishly evil villains, um, (laughs) which we appreciate because we can just root against them and be cool with it. This one even rocks like a freaking wig and mustache like Ben Stiller in Dodgeball, which is a bold choice. It it is so much (laughs) It is so much. And like you see a close up of him applying the stash as if it's this other cartoonishly evil thing that he does on par with threatening a young child's life and being like, oh, do you want, you know, After cigarettes or cigarettes. wine? Because you're going to die, eight year old girl. Like evil, evil, evil. And then the mustache application is somehow I more it. evil. I, I was dying. I was dying. I was laughing so hard at this. It was so perfect. It was like such a great chef's kiss moment <laughs> in this beautiful, again, this beautiful buffet of moments. Yeah. This was one of the absolute best. <laughs> and the funny one-liners are actually funny. Like, yeah. that was the thing to me. Like, I, I was literally laughing. I, I saw it recently, and I was, like, laughing out loud at the little jokes. But yeah. he's just outstanding and like that scene imagine this you're an actor looking at this very freaking cute 
little girl and you offer her white, like alcohol and cigarettes as a courtesy before you threaten to kill her. Like, <laughs> so How ridiculous. evil can you be? <laughs> that is oh my God. The evilest of all evils. And he does it in such a charming way. <laughs> it's, it's, it's really true. And it like, this movie is so over the top that there is one thing that actually bothered me. We don't have to go too far into it or anything. Yeah, no, no. Um, <clears throat> but like everything but one particular scene is so over the top that it never actually threatens to be like scary or sad. Do you know what I yeah. mean? The stakes feel very, very, very high the whole time. Right. Like everybody's going to blow up at any second. Yeah. Like always, always, always. But it's so goofy and so <laughs> over the top and so just like tremendously like 90s action movie, but also with hockey and hockey humor that like I never felt uncomfortable other than, and I, I don't want to belabor this and we don't even need to like go into what happened. It's just that first scene, there's like a oh, really upsetting yeah. thing that happens and there was an upsetting thing that happened in real life that was close to that uh, not too long ago. So like that that hit me a little hard for sure. Yeah. Um, and it, it's not the movie's fault. I don't think the movie was like, crappy about it i don't think it's presented in any way that's like yeah bad or wrong it's just like hey a horrible thing that can actually happen in real life happened to this character and it was really fucking sad and that's why you know that gives him his motivation to change his job somewhat etc uh so that was a little tough for sure but otherwise Mm -hmm. even though everybody's dying left and right in this movie and the rest of the movie it's very like (laughs) <laughs> you know, like, let's put up our hockey sticks and laugh at the whole thing because it, the tone is very goofy and funny yeah. and, and wacky. Yeah. This guy's being boiled alive. Ha ha ha. <laughs> right. It's, it, it is. It really is. And you're goofy. right. Because the yeah. stakes are, they are so high that they end up being very low. Like, you don't really, right. you don't have even have, like, the luxury of getting attached to anyone. Like right. when the penguin almost shoots the little girl in the head, you're like, oh, okay, that's a thing. And then the gun <laughs> jams and she's like, ah, didn't kill this little girl because the gun jammed. Like, <laughs> how are you these evil people? We don't right. care. It's amazing. Right. They're cartoon characters. <laughs> They're cartoon and, characters. And like right. that, the penguin almost literally is like a cartoon penguin it is in a real life penguin. form. So, yeah. I will say this. I was very affected by the chef's death yeah that was wife. sad that was sad that was sad, i think not a lot of people had died yet so it was still like shocking right, right. <laughs> it's not like the mayor's wife yeah <laughs> you know, like, like, things like that <laughs> yeah it is it's completely deranged uh yeah. the entire thing like we're we're talking about it like it's very enjoyable in a very deranged way. You really yes. have to adjust your frequency. I'll say this: Darren McCord is a more layered hero than uh, some other ones because, first of all, sure. Sure. he's a divorcee, scandalous. Yeah. <laughs> and actually, and he's doing like a nice thing for his kids by bringing them to the hockey game. Yeah, whatever. However, kind of a dick move, legitimately. To not ask his wife first if she has them during that time. Like, that's a little, buddy, buddy, you got to work on your communication. You got to make this work. And it seems like she's actually a pretty nice person. And the new husband or the new boyfriend is, like, not a dick. Like, these are fairly nice people. They're not, like, like, assholes. Yeah. He does have his beeper attached to his belt. So. Yeah, that's true. Red flag. That's true. That's (laughs) true. But you're right. We've got. Yeah, we've got we've got a sign. Maybe that guy does suck, but <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I guess it was 1995. Maybe he's like times. a tech guy in 1995, <laughs> in which case they had to wear the beeper. I don't know. You know, maybe maybe there's a universe. You know, maybe he's a heart surgeon. He needs his beeper handy right. to know when it's time to like go straight to the hospital you're right, right I, I should right he was nice i'll give and you're right because he's like he just shows up with the ticket in hand and the 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 mom is in a difficult position because she's going right. to be the villain if she says no you can't go to this game so right, they had plans yes. it's not like you know it's not like they were just sitting there they actually had plans this is not like the way to do it you should have called and asked okay yeah. frank it's not Frank, Darren. it's Darren. I'm sorry. Frank was last week. <laughs> we 
it's, it's wow. very interchangeable. <laughs> I'm getting my Van Dams confused. This is bad. <laughs> it happens. It happens. Um, I, I've been there and writing the story, especially with like the last names like Bordeaux, Devereaux, like I got them all confused. Right. I right, still, right, right. I still get my brain scrambled. But yes, Darren is not a, not a perfect man. I think so that's a nice little change. And I will say this uh, on the Darren McCord Van Damme front. People talk about my boy Van Damme and his acting chops, (laughs) but I fucking dare you to find me a better Darren McCord. That's all I'm going to say. Right? Right? No one else can do this. (laughs) No one else has, again, the triumvirate grip strength. (laughs) Yes. (laughs) But and kicks. These are the things you need to be <laughs> Taryn McCord. I guess bomb diffusing too, or like both the sensitivity to yes. do the bomb diffusing because he gets scared every time. Like yes. he knows, he knows it's a big deal. He's not like the Jeremy Renner character from uh, the bomb movie, Hurt Locker, where he like just gets <laughs> off bomb. on the danger. No, he's scared. He's actually scared every time he has to do it. So he respects the power of the, of bomb. the bomb. Yeah. Uh, so that's, again- that's true. Yeah, I, a layered performance. Uh, also <laughs> a layered eyes. performance in that he had to play hockey in this movie. He had yeah. to actually play. I mean, I don't know if it's a stunt double. And it might be. But I Let's choose see. to believe. Let's pretend it's not. I choose to believe that that's John claude making that save. Because that's more fun for me to watch <laughs> that in the movie. And to be like, that's him. He's using his kicking skills to also make a save. You know, like that's beautiful to me. So. That's the narrative we're adopting in this show. Yep. And you have yep. to go with it because you're here. <laughs> <laughs> I think they actually shot a lot of the hockey scenes with like a uh, still professional but minor league team and they yeah. dress them up like the Penguins, which is like, that's still, those are still professional hockey players. They are still very good at hockey. This is not me saying like, oh, whatever, minor league. Like they're great. They're awesome. That's great. You're good at hockey if you're doing that. <laughs> um, so it's probably not actually him, but still I'm believing that it's him. <laughs> I will uh, also share another thing about one of the main characters. And I want you to just bear with me here for a second. Yeah, please. Yeah. Think his little kid, the son, the yep. like annoying little kid. Yeah. Who he reminds me of. Lance Stroll meets <gasps> Stallone's kid meets Neve Campbell. <gasps> oh, my I'm just going to throw this out there. Think about oh it. Oh, my God. The pout. <laughs> I see the pout for sure. I see the, I see the Lance for sure. And the um, Neve Campbell eyes and Bridge of right. the Nose. Right, 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 right. I and see it was it. fresh in my, my mind because I had just seen Scream. So let's all think about that. I, I think the Neve Pound is kind of there too. Like I could see that going both for both. You're right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Wow. So wow. Let's 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 consider this for a second. And he's also yeah. the little kid in Sleepless in Seattle. Oh, I knew he looked familiar. I knew this I, kid looked familiar. I had this in my head all the time, and then I looked yeah. at it. Yeah, yeah, no, that's good. <laughs> that's really good. I, on the note of the kids, I actually thought the kids were very realistic. Right? Um, and the little girl, uh, so the good. daughter, was fucking awesome. I know you had it in your notes that, like, the, the thing keeping this from being, like, a, a like absolute one of the best ever is, like, the lack of a of a strong woman lead. And I think that's legit. That's a hundred percent legit. And, and you were like, we can maybe make the case for the daughter, but uh, <laughs> let's not stretch. And I agree. I agree with your reasoning. I just want to give her a shout because she's actually great yeah. and actually really does read as like a nineties kid. Like the way she acts, the way she's very, very natural. She's really, really funny and actually she has is. like very believable motivations. Like my dad's fucking awesome. Motivation number one. I, I'm pissed at my stupid brother. Motivation number two. Like, she's yeah. pretty awesome. Like, she's a good kid. <laughs> she, she's pretty fearless. Because she's, like, terrified she the entire is. time, but she doesn't let it face her. Like, she's staring at the villain guy right in the eye and, like, stamps yep. the fuck out of him with her little, yep. cute little that stamp. stamp. Such a good element. And, like, we see it early on. Yeah. And it's, like, such a quirky, like, 90s kid thing to do. Like, aha, I've stamped you. Like, that's great, actually. <laughs> Again, this movie has everything. They put, Those like, the little days. touches. They put Before little touches kids had on iPads. everything. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> Before she would be playing on her phone the entire time, <laughs> she instead has the joy of stamping people on their hands. <laughs> 
for a boomer show now. <laughs> I love it. I genuinely love it. <laughs> we long I for their pre-iPad love days. It. And the like ratty hat that she has that has the name in it. That's that's how Darren knows this is his kid was kidnapped because he mm-hmm. saw the name in that hat. Like little touches like that. Again, I we're laughing at this movie because this movie is goofy as fuck. But it really does, like, give you that extra personality, right? It really does give that little extra something something Mm -hmm. that, oh, we're reincorporating these elements. There is a logic here, even if it's pretty wild. There is a logic to the (laughs) going on. Like, you just have to be in a very specific mindset to, like, (laughs) grasp the logic. But it is You have to want to watch a hockey. It's like, (laughs) hockey is an over-the-top sport. I'm just, I'm going to make the argument here. Ready? It is. True. It's really fast, but Mm -hmm. low scoring. Right. So sometimes you think of like a fast sport as being like a very high scoring type of thing, like basketball. That's a pretty fast sport. Right. And we get scores in the hundreds all the time in in basketball. Right. Mm -hmm. But hockey is like super, super fast. It has a lot of the structural elements of a lacrosse or a soccer. Sorry, football. I'm, I'm speaking with someone who's not from the U.S. Um, and okay. like. Oh, I accept you, even though you're American. I'm so sorry. <laughs> I'm so sorry for all I of it. I love you despite your Americanness. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you for accepting me and my flaws. Um, <laughs> but hockey's on ice, so it's really, 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 really fast. And mm-hmm. it's like. So much fun to watch, even if you don't really know, like, the nuances of the sport. It's readable yeah, which instantly. Which is my case. Instantly. Yeah. Like, you don't need to know about plays the way you need to know about football or, like, the structure of the thing. It's, there's a puck. There's a bunch of people. They're going really fucking fast. They're hitting that thing hard. It's amazing. They all also look like mascots themselves because they're wearing so much shit. So it's just, like, big old, <laughs> They hit each like, other. They hit the each face. other. It's amazing. It's amazing. <laughs> it's a great sport, and I love it. It's also like a sport that you can get real fucking shit faced and still enjoy it, right? Like <laughs> right. you can be real <laughs> fucked up and you will still enjoy it and understand what is happening in that game. Like there's a puck over here, there's a puck over there. The people have their slap shots. Like there's not there's You're a right. ton of strategy to it, of course. I'm not yeah. saying it's a stupid sport. It's a very nuanced and wonderful sport. It's just that it's readable on kind of every level. Mm-hmm. So I think this movie is hockey. It moves fast. There's a ton of personality. There's a ton of weirdness to it. It's readable at all times, uh, even though there's some nuance, perhaps. You know, we could argue about that. There's some nuance going on here. But yeah. for the most part, you can enjoy this movie real shit-faced. Therefore, <laughs> sudden death is the game of hockey. Amazing. Thank you, Thank you for listening I have to nothing analysis. to add. No notes. Perfect score. It is. It is. I don't, because I don't understand hockey and I can still appreciate it. So I totally, I am the the audience for that analogy. Because I, (laughs) I have no idea what's happening, but I understand big dudes hitting things at each other. So it's like, you know, there's something about this that can speak to like a very primitive level of me. And I feel like the movie's the same way. And the thing yeah. is, you mentioned what I what I put in my notes. I just think it's just a very well-made movie. Like the yeah. shots are very good. Like the like we were talking about the one-liners, the writing of the movie is good. Like the acting is good. It's just a very like well-made, like well-paced, just like right amount of stupid type of movie and i when i like to me personally there are two like perfect 80s and 90s action movies which are robocop and terminator 2 to me they're like you can't find flaws in them they're just perfect and amazing and i wouldn't i wouldn't and what we were talking about i wouldn't put sudden death necessarily there in perfection because um I personally crave a female lead, though yeah, yeah, we could fair. we could put the the little girl there, or um, and a <laughs> kind of central critique aspect of it, which like RoboCop and Terminator both have in this one. Yes. I don't know if they're trying to reti- critique like are they talking about corruption and greed? Is that a commentary on that? I don't know. Maybe we could take it there. Yeah, I think that's the closest thing. Uh, but I'm yeah. I am right there with you and. <clears throat> Again, the only thing that actually bothered me about the movie, not that, again, I mentioned being bothered by something, but that is not the movie's fault. That is like Mm -hmm. reality thing that's sad, that's referenced in the movie. Um, My only real, yeah, my only real problem with it is that it is like a very, very, very 
Uh, and this is both fun and problematic, uh, but it's very, very uncomplicated in its view of McCord. Like this is like, yeah. this is basically the lone hero with the gun mm-hmm. kind of narrative, like the good guy with the gun, which, you know, uh, is a, a very frequent like conservative narrative about a lot of things, <laughs> but also like it fuels a lot of horrible things in our culture, right? To think that, oh, instead of like systemic change and or like problem solving that's based on teams of people working together, no, mm. just one one awesome fucking guy can just do it, right? Like yeah. this and that mindset is both, again, really fun to watch in a movie. And also I personally, you know, I get, I'll just say it. I'll just be real with y'all. I I have like a hero shit complex too. I love going on my ambulance and, you know, feeling like, oh, I can be so awesome and go and try to help save people's lives. Mm-hmm. Like, I get it. Like, I f- 100% get how appealing that narrative is on some level, right? It's also really a problem because in real life, the lone hero with the gun thing sucks. It isn't like a great narrative or or not even just realistic. It's just like not great to like go about living in society in this way of thinking like, hey, you know what? There's a problem. I'm going to make a flamethrower. <laughs> like that's not, that's not actually great. It's kind of an issue. And this is not, again, I am not saying, oh, this movie sucks for this and needs to solve all of society's problems. Mm. But it is worth kind of saying like, yeah, you have a really uncomplicated view of a complicated phenomenon here, uh, dear movie. And I love you dearly and you're great. But, 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 but something like Robo- RoboCop has a fucking point of view and a point yeah. to make. <laughs> yep. And I 100% I, agree with you in that, like, it's good to have something there that's kind of like, yeah, thank you for kind of sticking it to the man a little bit because that's necessary in our life. <laughs> And actually, uh, fun fact, the doggo that we just adopted is called Murphy oh. because of RoboCop. Murphy! Oh, my that's, God. Okay, silly comment. No, that's yeah. wonderful. <laughs> Welcome, Murphy. Welcome to and, the podcast. You are a friend of the show by nature of your uh, parent slash owner, whatever term you use. <laughs> I don't know. I don't want to be a weirdo by just saying parent because I say parent all the time with my yeah. fur babies. But, yeah. Welcome. He's uh but I totally agree with what you're saying in terms of just like, I I actually, was actually really glad you brought up the whole lone wolf thing because it is wildly problematic. And it's one yeah. thing that is just like a central conflict of my personality because right. I love, right. and you really touched on it uh, because I obviously love eighties and nineties action movies. And I really like fell into them in my early twenties when I just had like a different view of the world I guess and I do never stop loving them like I'm just I I really enjoy watching like periodically watching like Commando or like Cobra sure. yeah and and you still have to reconcile the pure entertainment value of that with the fact that these are like white dudes who just like are acting upon their personal senses of justice and killing a bunch of people in the process. It's like, yeah, it's, it's, it's a little hard. Like it's a little hard to like take when you kind of look at it and you're like, Oh shit. Oh man. (laughs) Right. Like you can't really, and you no, you can. And I I agree that you can make those, those observations and question that because I do feel like there's a healthy way of watching fucking Stallone Cobra and not being like, Oh, this, Marion Cobretti is my freaking idol. Uh, if you're like a healthy person uh, with like decent understandings of the world and the, right. like, and right. the importance of living in a community. But a lot of people aren't. So it's kind of right. like, that's the reason why like vigilantes are so worshipped by like right wing gun nut assholes. Um, right. Right. So it's like it's I I totally get what you're saying and completely understand it in a fundamental level of like watching these movies and be like, like, I like this so much. I love this man. Like, I love Van Damme. And yet uh, (laughs) the real life implications of this projection that I really love uh, are are not great. So, yeah, yeah, there's a balance, a balance to, to be. To be rich there, uh, internally. Yeah. 
it's something that back on a podcast I used to do called Idle Weekend, we we had an episode once where we really kind of went in and talked about it. Like, hey, we're like really left wing people. Why do we like shit that has like so much military and gun and action yeah. and so on? Like all the trappings of these things. I'm not saying like, yeah. oh, I love military, whatever. It's more like, mm-hmm. oh, why do I love action stuff so much when it has the trappings of things that I don't actually think are great things? But I'm having a fucking blast watching this thing. You know, it's very like I, I think it's it's good to just be aware of it on some right. level. And like, of course, obviously, uh, it's okay to enjoy entertainment and but it's it's not the worst thing to be aware of of what your entertainment is saying, perhaps. Yeah. Is, is what I'm saying here. I know we can't solve this one on a on a podcast either. It's not like I can sit here and solve this problem of like, why do I like problematic things? And <laughs> I, I won't right. sit here and psychoanalyze myself for an hour or anything like that but and we talk about this a lot too like we have to watch these movies with the lens uh a different lens and i think there's room for both and i think it's kind of what we try to do like yeah to like dissect the the aspects that need to be discussed in a more critical lens and also understand the context and it's not always like just an easy task but i think it's what we try to do here I will say when I was like when I watched Cobra for the first time, I was so obsessed that I wanted to get like a Cobra tattooed, like not an actual Cobra because I'm afraid of snakes, but like Stallone as Cobra. And uh, I'm really glad I did (laughs) it. Right. Right. No, I I do have Robocop and a Terminator tattooed uh, in the back of my legs. (laughs) I don't regret those. A Cobra, I might have. Yeah. Yeah. That one's like. Might be saying some other things, you know, like and <laughs> inadvertently on your case, but yeah, like it's I get it, I get it, uh, I super get it. But yes, uh, and that same thing, right? We can take this question into several other types, like slasher movies, horror sure. movies, which tend yeah. to be very misogynistic and yep. kind of moralist in nature, even though a lot of the leads are are female leads. So yeah, we're not going to solve Completely this. Completely agree whole thing in a podcast but i really was glad that you that you brought that up and they do have a mention at like corruption that is not dissected or unpacked in any way it's just like this guy who seemed to be really cool is actually in booth's pocket and i never felt so betrayed (laughs) i know because he like he seemed pretty cool like he seemed like well, I mean, he was, like, semi... He kept getting caught with his pants down, and I kind of felt a little weird about that. I was like, man, what's up with this guy? He kind of keeps fucking up. But, like, <laughs> I kind of thought like, somebody was this. betraying him. Like, somebody else was, like, be- in my in my head as, a, as mm-hmm. I was watching. Because, of course, this is my first time watching it. I was kind of mm-hmm. like, things are going real bad for this guy. And he does seem, like, generally seems like a, a dude who kind of knows what he's doing. And yeah. he's upset that things are going bad. So it's not like he seems like a doofus who's, like, denying that things are a problem. But I thought, like, maybe somebody else, like, there's another agent who's, like, feeding somebody information. And it's like, oh, shit, it was him all along. I didn't see it coming. For how not necessarily super smart this movie is, <laughs> I did not see that coming. I, I actually, not. like, did not. I was like, oh, no. And his name is Hallmark, too. So it's kind of like, Hallmark? <laughs> what? <laughs> like, this, this is not why so I have trust issues, Hallmark. Right? <laughs> <laughs> No Hallmark. Like at two Hallmark. No. <laughs> I was so sad. I was yeah. so I was legitimately upset. For a movie that is like this uh shallow, it does make you experience certain emotions because yes. <laughs> it's true. I I was. I was very betrayed uh by this man being on Booth's pocket. And I will say Booth, like that's that's quite a lot of firepower this man has. He's got, like, shit out of helicopters, like, all the guns. He was able to find a squad of just completely heartless goons. Oh, my God. (laughs) Including the the hacker guy who dresses like an Amish man from 1842. (laughs) Did you notice that? (laughs) It was, like, the weirdest thing. It was so weird. It's just, like, this hacker man is wearing, like, this shirt and this, like, these suspenders. It just seemed very, like, what is your fashion? What is happening with your fashion, dear sir? 
And he loves Doom. That's right. Paul Paul just mentioned he's like playing Doom on one screen of the computer as he's like watching for the money to come in on, on the other accounts. And it's like a Doom loving Amish hacker. Like what? <laughs> this character has layers too. Again, layers to everything. Layers. This would be a sequel I would watch. Um, <laughs> Mr. Hacker. Like the origin story in particular of this layered nuanced hacker who is out there playing Doom while he negotiates a billion dollar transfer uh, and in a room full of hostages. Like it takes some, there's so ice much. running through that maze. Like, that man's truly. Maze. And he well, we says gamers rise up. Exactly. You <laughs> <laughs> we were thinking that the hacker from the core was contained multitudes. Right? They but all do, I guess. Uh, <laughs> I before we move on, uh, I would yeah. like to also observe the sort of final uh, action sequence yes. of the movie because yes. again, there's so much happening that it's easy to almost forget that um, the villain is taken down literally as a helicopter um, <laughs> falls through the retractable roof of the stadium. Uh, very slowly, and even makes eye contact uh, with Van Damme <laughs> on his way down. And I am, I don't know, do you have any thoughts on the physics of the situation? Because yeah, I don't think I, something that could happen. I've only observed a couple of helicopters in real life, mostly like medic uh, yeah. helicopters, and they're really loud, and they make stuff go all over the place when you're near them. Like the yeah. wind effect or whatever the effect is, like... Uh, so what I thought was going to happen was that it was going to get tangled up in all those lights mm -hmm. and things. Because that's what Sorry. the preceding scene, people are swinging from those lights like chandeliers. Like multiple people <laughs> are swinging around on the lights, right? Yeah. None of that happened because it's going down sideways <laughs> while the propellers are going. Very straight. Very straight I don't, I don't think the physics work out. And again, <laughs> I'm going to ask some people who maybe know a little more about this than me. We might have, again, I might have a follow-up. Yeah, so definitely <laughs> come to our Discord, fanbyte.casa. Come to the You Love to See It Discord where I can uh, hopefully answer yeah. some of these questions. I'm and gonna if ask you at fire. home. Fire feel folks, like you have yeah. the answer for these questions. Yeah, tell us. Yeah. Please tell us. We would love explanations. Like, I'm not saying a helicopter can't fall that way. I'm I'm ignorant right. as to the inner <laughs> and outer workings of helicopters. It's uh, like, maybe the ice was so cold that it changed the currents of the air, and therefore it moved to a sideways aspect as it went down and then also exploded on the ice, but also no water came. I don't know. I don't, I don't know. <laughs> I will give the movie props for utilizing and incorporating all the elements. Because yes, have, yes, I love this note that you made, please. Yeah. We have fire, a lot of fire, like explosions, oh, so improv, flamethrower, everything. Fire, abundant. Air, with the, obviously with the helicopter, but yes. also like with him hanging from, because he's on that roof twice. Oh my Van god, Dam. he spent a lot of time on the roof. It was like He's... maybe the most direct diehard like comparison is like how yeah. much time they spend on that roof. Yeah. A lot. Yeah. A lot. Hanging from several things. Again, another reason why I have trust issues, because it's like yep. they make it seem easier than it is to just like right. go like use the roof of a collapsing stadium as a monkey bar but that's a whole right. other uh thing that we also won't solve in this podcast the <laughs> physics of these movies um then we have water in yep. a more obvious way when people are evacuating the stadium like finally i guess it's clear that a problem is happening when shit starts really blowing up um but also with the ice yep there's it's, so much there's so much ice there those, and a zamboni and a Zamboni with a dead man on it. With so a lot of dead men on ice, too. I hadn't even thought about it. Oh, yeah, it. that's right. There's several bodies in the Zamboni. Like, why? Did we need the several dead bodies in the Zamboni? Right? No. But did it did it make the text richer? Yes, it did. Yes, <laughs> yes it did. Absolutely, and it did. <laughs> <laughs> and then we have Earth. Because the movie is set on planet Earth. So yes. we had Checkmate gravity, scientists. just like Earth. Also, we had gravity. Gravity, you're right. You know, so. and like what else is of the Earth? Um, 
Uh, uh, being a dad. Popcorn is a uh, comes from corn, which grows in the earth, and there's a lot of popcorn. <laughs> you know, popcorn. <laughs> and as Paul uh, uh, brought up, and we also brought up here in the in our household, there is the heart element of Captain. Oh, Planet. the heart, of course. Because Venom is pure heart. Yes. So, I feel like this. He is Captain Planet. Venom. Yeah. No, not the conclusion. Maybe. We'll leave that up to you. Yes. <laughs> so we're saying Van Damme should be in a live action Captain Planet movie. Yes, Maybe. Should. Yes, should. <laughs> Tomorrow. Let's make it happen. <laughs> I love how we always come to like really good, grounded, feasible conclusions. Yep. Oh, every time. Every time we do this show. You know we're, we do. We're throwing out there like a lot of million dollar ideas. And I feel yeah. like our listeners with like a bigger entrepreneurial spirit could be making lots of money. I'm just saying. For real. For real. For real. True. Um, <laughs> any final <laughs> observations before we uh, move into our, our judgment? Uh, just one last shout out that I love how much the kitchen is used in the fighting scenes. There True. are so many food and kitchen em- implement fighting yeah. Uh, sequences here that I just I almost want to put that in the elemental discussion that like kitchen element is like <laughs> very well used very well used it's amazing they truly use all the objects like we talked <laughs> about the dishwasher a chicken bone like everything <laughs> it's very well yeah. utilized the, like, is the room for slicer. a great yeah. <laughs> <Meat slicer. Yeah. laughs> when Dem avoids uh, gruesome death via meat slicer uh, oh, it's so good. And when they call the chef and the chef is like, leave my wife alone or I will. And the guy's like, burn my toast. <laughs> oh, good, my good God. Villain that line. <laughs> <laughs> the kitchen yes. is also its own its own element. I agree with you. You know how we talk about some movies set in New York and like New York is really part of the story. I feel like this kitchen is part of this sudden death story. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely beautiful postcard from Pittsburgh. You know, the kitchen. <laughs> the kitchen with a dead penguin. It's not just a steel city. It's the stainless steel city. Oh, oh. amazing. <laughs> oh, my God. Amazing. <laughs> sorry for everything that I am. I'm very no, sorry. this is beautiful. And I can think of no better way, no better segue into our next segment because nothing is yeah. stopping that. So with all that, I feel like we have the elements to go yeah. into our uh, next and final segment, which we call Shelf Life. And that's when we discuss uh, all the, we take into account all the elements that we discuss and we make <laughs> pass a final judgment on the movie and where we think it belongs, whether it's going to the VIP box of our staff picks. Yep. And this one is cool. There's no terrace there. We're just chilling and eating canapes. Or if it's going <laughs> to the middle aisle, which is cool too, good energy, lots of people hanging out, fun. You get to watch the game. It's cool too. Or if it's going to the dumpster, with the NFT guy. So <laughs> can't think of a, a more dire fate. So um, I guess let's get to it. Danielle. Yeah. What is your, yeah, let's do it. What is your, your verdict on this one? Just like when Darren McCord makes that perfect save at that perfect moment. I think this movie deserves a gold medal. It deserves a VIP box. I think it deserves the staff picks aisle. Aisle? It's not really an aisle, it's a shelf. But still, it's becoming an aisle now. So <laughs> Premier position. It's becoming an aisle. We're making it so we're too I nice. I loved here. it. <laughs> Fernanda, I love this movie. No, don't worry. There'll be plenty of things where I'm like, sorry. Sorry. And I'll be nice about it, maybe. I'll be like, it's not for me. But no, this is yeah. so good. It's so uh-huh. much fun to watch this movie. I can't not. I am voting with my heart. Just like Van Damme is all heart in this movie. Voting with my heart. <laughs> it's, it's, it's up there. 
I love it. Love it. Uh, I'm so glad. I'm so glad because when I put this movie in the rotation and like up for a decision, I was like, I really hope this movie like translates to the outside of my head. Uh, like if it wasn't just yes. made for the per like the specific synapses of my brain. So <laughs> glad. Oh my and God, I was prepared yes. to put it in the middle aisle if that was your pick. But I am glad you chose the staff picks because I do think that as far as action movies go, it's just such a such a a plus little product. Yes. That yes. I do think it deserves placement in the staff picks as well. Yeah. So I'm glad. Like, if somebody has a problem with our staff picks channel. This is just how I, cause I've been thinking about this a lot lately okay. that like, Oh no, we need more of a normal distribution. I'm actually really coming around on that because with your kickboxing skills and my grappling skills, we're almost like an actual MMA fighter. Right. <laughs> so if somebody has a problem with the fact that we like good movies, they can take it up with my grappling and your kickboxing. That's what I've been thinking about lately. Maybe I'm inspired by JCVD on this. <laughs> you know, maybe I'm inspired by that. But like, again, between the two of us. I agree. We could do MMA. <laughs> I agree. We're like a little own little Megazord. Like her little. <laughs> it will take both of us. It will. I'm not going to lie. I can't kick worth shit. I could do like a few little ones, right? Like a few little ones. And I boxed for a few years, but like my wrist sucks. So like we've really only got one hand here for boxing. <laughs> so like I'm going to let you take care of the striking, okay? And then I'll tag in. That. I'll tag in if we need to grapple, but yeah. <laughs> you, please. And I have no grip strength. Again, as as you might have noticed for the fact that I'm so hung up on this, um, <laughs> it's an insecurity of mine. That's really oh, brought no. up. <laughs> By Van Damme in this movie. Of all the things that I could be insecure about watching this one, I feel like the grip strength is really <laughs> got it's me. No, it's real. That's real. He's hanging off of so many things in this movie so many times, and he just looks comfortable. Like, he's and not, he like, dying. out. Yeah, he's just like, no, I can do this for, for years. And it's just like, what do you do, sir, to work out every day? What do you do? <laughs> what, and how what is your... <laughs> he does yeah, struggle right? while going up the helicopter, which I appreciated. That was a realistic yeah. little scene. Well, you'd be tired at that point, right? Like, and you're like after battling the wind, going into a helicopter that's trying to stay up. Like, I feel like it would be hard to just climb up, like, like a Carmen San Diego shit, like go, going yeah. up to the helicopter. And usually they make it look easy. So I appreciate that they were like, no, this villain is not Van Damme. He struggles a little bit with this situation. Yeah, for so. real. For real. And he's also been, like, smoking and drinking all night. <laughs> My dude is, like, he is, like, maybe a little out of it. <laughs> like, I won't drink before, like, I don't know, any very important thing. And this right. man is, like, literally pulling the heist of a lifetime yep. while just, like, enjoying Throwing his little life. At the same time. <laughs> so it's kind of like, bro, you're you're living dangerously. All right. All right. But that's that's the part the evil the evil makes him immune to the effects of alcohol but yes i guess that's i'm glad that we came to a conclusion very easily and then we got to um discuss this little action masterpiece which i feel is kind of uh an underrated part of van damme's arsenal (laughs) (laughs) okay that will do it for this week Thank you to my amazing co-host for joining me. Thank you all at home for listening. Thank you to our amazing producer, Paul. Do you know who my dad is, Tamayo, for all the help in making this show not only not suck, but also actually kind of rule. We do hope you come back to our friendly neighborhood video store next week when we will be taking at another step into the depths of the vast rich and i would argue highly underrated van damme verse this time with action thriller hard target mullets snake traps <laughs> the guy who plays emothap in the mummy who would want to miss that <laughs> fools i tell you fools <laughs> if you would like to show us some support uh you can do so by rating and reviewing our show on apple Podcasts or whichever podcast app you use it's a new year so we'd love to see some new reviews maybe by next week we can read them on the show or you can talk about them 
with us on the Discord channel, but it really does help us out a lot when you guys review and rate the show. Spotify also recently introduced the rating feature, so you could just take that extra second and go over there as well. We would really, really appreciate it. And also, you can talk to other people about the show. Help us spread the word. That'd be awesome too. Until then, you can join our movie club, come by fanby.casa, and join the You Love to See channel for news, updates, discussions, special events. We want to hear from you. Come on by. Follow us everywhere. We're on Twitter. We're on Instagram. We're on TikTok. And of course, we're on fanbyte.com. And you can also watch our streams on twitch.tv slash fanbyte. Danielle, where can people find you specifically? Yeah, you can find me on Twitter talking about uh, grappling and Jean-Claude Van Damme at this point, especially <laughs> uh, on Twitter at Danielle R.I. Awesome. And you can find me on Twitter at Nanda Prates underscore. That's N-A-N-D-A-P-R-A-T-E-S underscore. We will see you all next week. And until then, you love to see it.